Today on the Miniature Models Podcast, we're taking a break from being CEOs of our model railroads and speaking to social media tycoons of the old-scale world, Eric and Lisa from Eric's Trains. Tons of fun to discuss, lots of laughs, and so much more. So get your ticket from the station, grab a seat, and make sure you don't miss the train. All aboard! Good evening, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to episode 71 of the Miniature Models Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rochford, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Matt Z, John Schwartz, and Johnny. How are you guys doing tonight? We're doing pretty good, man. I'm excited for this episode. Uh, like all the other ones, the last one was a fantastic, great show, huge success for us and just for the podcast in general, just a ton of fun. And this one, I'm really excited to talk with uh, Eric and Lisa tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yes, indeed. Likewise, I am super excited about how well the uh, the last show went, and I cannot wait to talk with Eric and Lisa some more about uh, just their recent stuff going on and uh, just what we think of some of the stuff in the catalog. It's going to be a good show. I'm glad to be back on the show again. I, I wasn't there last week. I was trying to, but as I was running towards the studio, John locked the door behind him, and I was pounding on the door. He just waved at me and walked away. So oh, yeah, man. That's like that was was that not the plan? Was that not well? That wasn't wanted? my plan, but apparently it was yours. We outlined <laughs> that screaming and flailing outside of the door meant you were okay with what was happening. And <laughs> I see how it is, but no, it's it's glad I'm glad that uh, I'm glad to be back. Um, I know Sib was stepping in, filling in for me last show, and I know he had a blast, and everyone else had a blast listening to the show, and I'm very happy that was able to happen. So glad to be back, and I'm very excited for tonight's show. It's nice to have the gang back together again. Yes. Uh, but Johnny, oh, you yeah. are not the only uh, returning voice tonight. And um, just really fast, Johnny, like you could be truthful to everybody. Like you, you recently got out of prison, right? That's why you were gone. Look, I just stole like 10 pallets of trains, dude. Okay. That's, it's that's, fine. That, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> but it's fine. an anyway, average uh, weekend. That's fine. No big deal. Yeah. I could have gotten like another 10 pallets. I just, I just didn't have time. The cops were chasing me, man. Uh, Lionel or MTH? Um, uh, my lawyer advised me not to say. Okay, gotcha. Uh, but uh, with us once again is Eric from Eric's Trains, and uh, joining joining us for the first time is the the lovely Lisa as well. Uh, welcome to the show, guys, and thanks for joining us. Hey, what's up, man? Good to be back. Uh, had a lot of fun at the show last week. Uh, got a lot of great feedback on that show um, from a lot of people. Seen people really enjoyed it, so that was a uh, that was a lot of fun and. Uh, so good to be back talking trains. And Lisa, uh, thank you for uh, first time on the podcast. So thank you for being here. Oh, thank you. The invitation was wonderful. I'm thrilled to be here. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and uh, start with our check-in segment. Uh, let's see what you know everyone has been doing in the last well week, I guess, since we're back. We're back a week later. Um, so you know what, I'll, uh, I'll kind of extend this out to our, uh, our guests, uh, Eric and Lisa, what you guys been, uh, doing in the last week or so. Well, we've been, you know, the new catalog came out, so we've been, uh, looking at it and, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to narrow down my order and Lisa's been helping me with that. I'm not sure if she's going to order something for herself or not this time around, because she's got the, uh, triplex coming in that she's got a, she's got a pay for <laughs> so 
she she's a newbie to the train to the to the train budget you know like so uh she's she's just getting her feet wet ordering stuff so <laughs> um but yeah that's that's what i've been doing and uh and we got those that gen set story to tell and i guess we'll tell that in a minute but uh just uh having fun running trains and we're gonna i think we're just gonna talk random train stuff tonight so that should be fun and Lisa, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you what uh, what triplex you're interested in, but you know what? We'll save that for later, actually. Um, but uh, Mr. John Schwartz, what have you been doing? I have been going through the catalog, just figuring out what I want to order. I, th- I think that's kind of what we're all looking into uh, currently. But uh, other than that, just um, you know, seeing uh, shopping some custom run ideas around to some different people, seeing what what uh, sticks. And uh, other than that, nothing really too crazy. Just been pretty quiet on my end, apart from the uh, the new catalog and everything, and uh, just enjoying what's been going on in the community recently. Awesome. Johnny, how about yourself? I've been up to quite a lot, actually, since the last time I've been on the show. Uh, last weekend alone was just full of train stuff. Um, I started the weekend by getting up early with you, Matt, and we went out to uh, do probably the... <laughs> The most interesting interesting train pickup we've ever done. Um, we we met up with our buddy uh, Ray from Ronaldo Pin Imports, and he had actually had some stuff on hold for us for quite a while, and we decided it was about time that we go pick it up. But uh, he he wasn't actually working that day, so he made the he went out of his way to uh, go out and deliver the the trains to us. So he uh, we met up with him at a at at a cultural center <laughs> to pick up trains um not what he would normally do but he did do it as a courtesy because he didn't he knew i was only available during the weekend so he helped uh to deliver to us and i picked up my uh vision line gs2 and the lark paint scheme i think eric you have it as well um that's correct yep i do i i remember i wanted it so bad when it first came out and i'm like ah i don't know i don't know how it'll turn out so you know i won't think i won't i don't think much of it and then i see your your video of it i'm like oh oh now i have to get it now and he so happened to have the whole train, add-on cars and all. So yeah, that's a beautiful. I love that Lark. Uh, I'm still looking to try to get the rest of the GS series. Um, <laughs> if I have, I have three of the six they made. I've got four, but three of the models that they made. I've got oh, two GS fours, and uh, so I'm still looking. For, I think I'm looking for the GS three, five, and six. So uh, mm. one of these days, I saw I saw a GS on ebay or gs5 uh, mm-hmm. but uh bad timing in terms of budget because the new catalog is, uh, is upon <laughs> no, us. I, I completely understand that i completely understand that but yeah you know, I, I, oh go ahead <laughs> you know i was telling somebody the other day i was like you know when it comes to the new catalogs the lionel catalogs and so forth it's kind of like this trap you're i'm like i keep waiting for him to put out a bad catalog so that I can spend some money on other things, but they, they just keep every every year they just put out a good catalog, and then I'm trapped. It's a, it's a vicious cycle, you know. <laughs> yep. Yes, the, it the worst is. part is when you think you're out of the weeds. You're like, oh, okay, I'm good. I'm I'm good. I, I got this all paid off. It's done with. And then someone goes, so when's so isn't the next catalog dropping next month? Ah, oh, no. And you're back <laughs> in the cycle again. Yeah, it's uh, 
it, like yeah it's it's bad so i guess you know I've, I've been waiting for about 20 years for them to put out a bad catalog so i can get a breather but just so far no luck <laughs> well it's not just the lionel catalogs too because then you have the the atlas catalog every now and then and then of course you have the mth like every other every week there's something custom going on from mth and you're like oh now i gotta pre-order that so it is like yeah, it, never it is all year long yeah it never ends. Oh yeah. I only hope that Lionel doesn't. Uh, we don't have a repeat of what Lionel did last year, where they dropped like half the catalog in in like the last week of November. <laughs> yeah, that did come all at once, yeah. didn't it? It was like heard a lot of feedback on that. Yeah. Everything. Oh, great God. for the holiday season. Not great for my wallet when I'm trying to buy presents on top of paying for my trains for the holiday season. <laughs> yep. But uh, yeah, no, that th those are cool, and I'm, I'm very excited to have mine. Mine does have some quirks need to be ironed out with it. Uh, thankfully, Sid's going to be helping me with that. Um, I also bought an Intermountain kit for which my first ever kit car. Uh, great little thing. Instructions are the worst thing I've ever read in my entire life. Love being told assemble very jargon-filled railroad piece into other jargon-filled railroad piece, and not give you any pictures and they don't label anything so it's just guessing where things go what is uh, that who makes that kit intermountain okay yeah they make like o scale two rail or three rail kits they're very yeah, yeah i've heard of them i've never gotten one of their kits is it a new kit or is it an old one i think it's an old one at least i got it from one of our local hobby shops out here and he's kind of guy who will buy i won't say the name of the store but he he'll buy something and then he'll hold on to it at msrp for another 20 years until he sells it. So <laughs> I don't know how old it is, but he's a nice guy though. He's a very nice guy. Um, but I got that I finally put it together. got that finished yesterday. And I also did something that some people will consider it a bit sacrilegious, depending on how much of a collector you are. Uh, I have the Southern Pacific legacy Alco PAs in the daylight paint scheme. And I bought those from York many, many years ago. And at first I was enthralled with them. And then I realized the sound card is awful. Uh, it's basically like a, an ERR card, essentially, but in legacy form. So it's been pretty lackluster. So it's been bugging me so much where I just said, screw it. I bought a blue Nami decoder. I threw it in there, and it is now one of my favorite diesels to run. It's fantastic. So I've been pretty busy. Now, I'm excited about that blue Nami stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry, oh, yeah. Eric. Go ahead. <clears throat> oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, Johnny, it, I was blown away by those blue Nami diesels. It is ridiculous. And I think Eric was about to echo that sentiment. They are freaking nuts yeah it's it's so cool i'm i'm trying to uh i need to go buy the blue nami you know decoder and stuff i, I need to watch if i haven't watched a complete video of how to install it yet because i've just been so busy but i really want to do that because i was so impressed seeing them in operation and i want to pick uh, i think i'm going to do it to my old my weaver steam my weaver brass steam locomotives because they've got that kind of lackluster tmcc system in there that's just not that great yeah and so i think i'm gonna i think those will be my first conversions i'll do, be doing those weavers those, so are, good those are good brass. candidates for blue nami 100 mm -hmm. yeah, yeah those are good. how long does it take like how long did it take you to uh like if if you have the speaker and everything like do you just is it just a matter of installing the decoder like what do you what do you rip out and what do you put in so basically the speaker and the motor stay 
all the other electronics get ripped out. Um, smoke units and couplers, that's a little bit more in-depth, and that's more a question for Sid than myself. I just do, like, the bare-bones, light speakers, motor. Um, but all it really is is if as long as you can wire in a, a bridge rectifier, which maybe will take you, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes, if you're like me and you're soldering for the first time ever in your life, you know, it. that's probably the hardest part. All the connections on the Blue Nami decoder, everything's labeled for you, and it's all screw terminals. There's no soldering required aside from the bridge rectifier. Oh, wow. And the lighting features, the part that I love the most, like let's say you want to do a Mars light or, or something like that or ditch lights. You know, normally it's a headache. You have to put specialized boards in or go to, to engineering and get their stuff. But with the Blue Nami decoder, you just wire it into the decoder, uh, and then you go into the app, and you can just change it from the app. So like, it'll be solid, or you can choose... 15 different versions of a flashing light it's and it's all instant it's crazy that's incredible that's inc yeah i'm excited about that i got to do it at some point i got to set aside some time to do it but i'm so excited about doing that and, and it opens up so much possibility like in terms of just you know being able to go on ebay and get some cheap or relatively cheap you know like proto i think you could like, like some proto one stuff mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and non non-command stuff and just go in there and and add Bonami to it. This can be a lot of fun. Oh, for sure. For sure. It's great yeah. too, because you can like, like you said, Eric, anything that you have, and you know, people are always lamenting. You always hear the people like, Oh, it's not going to be running in 20 years. What happens when, you know, this and that, and the other thing, y'all, you watch, it's like, now you have the perfect option to, if an engine dies, you can easily make it into a blue Nami and you're good to go again. It's so, it seems so simple. And, uh, it's great. Like you said, for brass and for all the weird, like, you know, like little Williams switchers. I mean, that's what I'm planning on doing for mine. I have a couple of, Williams uh, 70 tonners like it's perfect yeah. for something like that it's so small you can fit it in almost anything well they've done the funeral so train let's... people have done the funeral train with the Blue Nami decoders too but can, yeah I'll, I'll move can, on can we put a pin in Blue Nami and then move it to the uh... <laughs> I got all excited I, look like this is gonna this is gonna like <laughs> you know rabbit hole so let's 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 this this is awesome topics this is awesome for you know what we're gonna talk about but let's uh, keep going on the check-in segment because I think Matt Z <laughs> Oh, God, yeah, um, we were still doing that. Oh, poor Matt Z. <laughs> I'm going to laugh if Matt Z just, when he unmutes, he goes, I haven't done much, and he just kicks it over. <laughs> Matt, Matt Z, what have, what have you been doing? Uh, you know, I, I haven't done too much. <laughs> no, no I'm, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but uh, good conversation, guys, definitely. But, uh, no, for me, I've been, um, I've been busy last night uh, after I got home from work. I got in uh, some new goodies. I got in uh, back from my buddy Sid. I got a set of near central F sevens. I've had them. They've been in and out of my collection for the past couple of years now. So I got those back. He fixed them up for me. And then I got uh, one of my one of my holy grail subways, and I got the uh, MTH R thirty six number seven, the Blue World's Fair set nice. from sixty four. And oh, man, I am just so excited. I did a little work to that one today. But I had to put a three volt board in it because the five volt decided to go bye bye. So that never happens. That uh, so I got that going on, but uh, no, really nice, uh, really nice set there. And then I got a whole mile long list of things, including the stuff behind Ratchford there, that uh, are going to come to me, and then God knows what else. But uh, you know, that's that's that. But uh, having a lot of good time uh, buying trains and John on the catalog, you know. I, I pre-ordered an engine. Can you believe that? I'm I'm shocked. That's it's. Who are you? I I don't. I mean, you know, <laughs> I'll tell you. You know, 
put your money where your mouth is. Well, I, I guess I did that. So. <laughs> what I'm shocked about is it's 71 episodes later, and he's still talking about subways. Nothing's yes. changed. No, nothing. <laughs> nothing. I that ordered a, the... Uh, oops, go ahead. I was going to say, that is a really pretty set you got, though, man. That's like one of the yeah, quintessential I, sets. I love that. But um, no, Eric, I ordered the uh, Mr. Muffins doing a uh, custom run of the nickel plate. Uh, nickel, yeah, nickel plate Burke in the uh, no fucker Western paint when they pulled the last Pocahontas. Oh, I uh, saw that. Yeah, so I, someone sent me a picture of that. Yeah. One of the that. one of the 26 custom runs that Muffins is doing. <laughs> yeah, right. He's, he's got yeah. a whole catalog to himself, practically. Like, it's literally another catalog worth of trains. Well, you know, Muffins yeah, come in honestly. many flavors, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, so when uh, when John posted, it's up, it's up, RJ told me, order it. So I did. It's yep. like those gallery cars, right, Johnny? I have no idea what you're talking about. I've never peer pressured you into buying anything ever. No, and the and the best part was you guys didn't even peer pressure me into ordering the other two packs you did. So I just knew <laughs> I had to buy it then. So I got all six on the way for that. There you go. Yep. Yeah, but no, that's that's all I've been up to. So Matt, awesome. what you been up to, man? a uh, couple things here. I'll I'll make this uh short short and sweet here. So yeah, Johnny mentioned that we had uh met um Ray. Uh and this is somebody I think we need to it, to hook eric up with because this guy's got some like serious gems um although he hasn't updated his stock but uh you know we'll talk more about that uh in in the main show here but uh yeah i did end up picking up uh so johnny picked up his lark and i ended up picking up my uh my milwaukee road e4 um but the mth ho version of it which is really cool actually it sounds great it has actually um uh, operating uh pantographs that go up and down automatically um pretty cool how much stuff you can kind of fit into ho and i don't know lisa and and eric i don't know if i mentioned i may have said something in in at york last year but um i have been kind of went down a rabbit hole in ho and i've uh, kind of started doing a lot of ho (laughs) i I still have o so you know i'm obviously no worries there um but uh, I think I've definitely caught an HO bug pretty badly and Uh-oh. I've been enjoying it. <laughs> and speaking of things I've been doing this week is so I, I've, you know, obviously I've reacclimated my H, uh, my O scale layout to an HO layout now. So, um, but with that, I've been teaching myself to work with new things, uh, stuff that I didn't do. You know, my O scale layout was, you know, here's a board, here's some, here's some grass you know, and that's it. Like I had no elevations, like nothing. So this time I'm, I, I was going to take this experience to work with um, foam board, make a mountain, um, use different elevations. And it's pretty eye opening and it's, it's been fantastic. So uh, what I've been doing this week is actually uh, prepping a small lake. Um, so my first little uh, lake that I'm going to build with, uh, you know, obviously resin water, um, and uh, I poured my first eighth inch this morning, and I looked at the bottom like it's like yeah, uh, pour one eighth inch of uh, of the resin, and now wait twenty four hours <laughs> to to pour more. So uh, yeah, I guess this lake's gonna take like four days to make. I guess I, I don't know, but um, it's coming along pretty well. I'm pretty happy with it, and um, uh, we'll see what the end result will will be. Matt's taking a turn toward the dark side. I, I, I have. I really have. He caught a bug, and it's an illness that we need to cure. 
I just edited an eight. Start down the dark path. Forever world haunt your destiny. (laughs) (laughs) You can never truly escape. Oh, Matt, you know that. You know it's going to come back. And you still have stuff. You know you do. (laughs) But you are a good HO ambassador because it it does have good stuff as much as I hate to say it. It does have cool things about it. And uh, you're doing a really good job on your layout. It's looking great, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. I've been getting into H. Well, I don't have an HO layout, but I have been very slowly picking up some HO pieces uh, from Atlas mainly. Um, I've got a few locomotives now. So uh, one of these days, if I had the space, I might do a small HO layout of some sort. So we'll see. Yeah, do it. I'll introduce <laughs> you to my friend who kind of got me to HO. He's a senator. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and uh, his, I think his name is like Palpatine or something. And he like he's like, check this out, man. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, awesome. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Senator yep. Palpatine. He's a nice guy, I swear. So yes. not evil at all. <laughs> uh. Looking to expand your collection? Check out Trains.com. Trains is your go-to place for new and used model railroad products. They have everything ranging from engines, rolling stock, parts, track, and scenery. If you need it, they probably have it. With new discounts being added daily, you'll be sure to find something you like. Plus, Trains offers a newsletter which keeps you up to date on new items, discounts, and upcoming promotions. We've been using Trains for years, and we highly recommend their stellar service. What's really cool is you can also collect points by buying trains and using them on future purchases. With their awesome rewards program, you can earn points on every purchase that you can use for future discounts. Dedicated modelers can also join their private car membership to get exclusive access to new listings, earn 5 points per dollar spent, and unlock great benefits like no questions asked returns. Trains not only sells trains, but also buys them too. If you've got a large collection or are interested in downsizing and making some cash, you can head on over to sellmytrains.com. It doesn't get easier than that. You can find them using our affiliate link, www.trains.com slash MMOP. Or if you want to use our one-time promo code MMOP, you can get $10 off a single purchase on the trains.com website. So check out trains.com and start expanding your collection today. Let's go ahead and move into the into the main show here. And uh, like I said, um, mm. I'm going to put Lisa on the spot here so um, to get kind of the conversation rolling. So two questions. Number one is, I'm curious uh, what triplex you're going to order. And then secondly, uh, what did you like in the, the latest catalog? All right. Well, um, definitely um, that Halloween triplex. I really did twist Eric's arm and say, you know what, you order what you want, um, but I need to get that, and it needs to run on your layout. <laughs> um, I have big plans, a big vision to actually see that running around. <laughs> I'm super excited. <laughs> I could never find it. I could never convince myself to spend that much money on a Halloween locomotive because I wanted to get the the realistic one first, you know. And so, but she, she stepped in and said, well, I'll get the Halloween one. I said, okay, now it's win-win. Cause now we're getting, I'm getting the super set in the pilot. And so she, and she's getting the Halloween version. So that'll, that'll make for one heck of a heck of a train. So a triplex triple header, right? Yep. A triplex triple header. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that'd, be, that'd be really cool. Got to run them back to back, like tender to tender, uh, diesel style. That would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're going to go the, big uh, on Halloween, like go 
big. Like, I'm, there, there's never going to be a bigger Halloween engine unless they do a big boy. Like, that's going to be the biggest Halloween <laughs> engine that's probably ever going to be done. So now you can have your cake and eat it too. Yep. The um, it's even cool with like some of the Christmas sets. Like, I know Chris RVP got the uh, Slave Bill Limited. I know I've talked about this on the show before, but uh, you know, a set like that, it's like, man beautiful beautiful set it's like i would i'd run it all year all year long just because it's so cool looking yeah they've really been doing a good job of uh coming out with these alternative you know fantasy that's been their kind of their starting to turn into like their bread and butter is doing a lot of these uh fantasy paint schemes that that they never would have thought about doing you know five ten years ago so really cool now i don't uh uh since we're talking to Lisa, I, I don't know if you guys know, but we just got engaged on okay. um, on on Christmas Day. And, congratulations! Uh, oh my oh, god! Congratulations! congratulations. Oh my god! Awesome. <laughs> and so someone was asking me. They said uh, they were like, uh, well, actually, it was Gizmo, uh, Gizmo Lawrence. He was asking me how we met, and I said, I said, yeah, we just met online. Uh, actually, <laughs> just completely random. But uh, she's. She's got some stories because her dad is into trains. Um, and so as, as soon as I heard that, like when we met and we were talking and she was like, oh, yeah, my dad's into trains. I was like, oh, OK, here's someone who might get the she might get the madness or at least be accustomed to it. You know, and so she's got some stories about her dad um, about, well, she visiting trains and and um, like she's got a great picture that uh, of her in a in a a well-known locomotive. I don't know if you want to tell them that. Like when she was like four years old, there's a, she's got a picture of her at, in the cab of, uh, which locomotive is it? Oh, I can't, I, I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's in, um, Proctor, Minnesota, I believe. It's the Yellowstone, right? Um, that one might not have been the Yellowstone. I do have pictures of me, at, uh, visiting, the Yellowstone, one of the ones that's in two harbors. I'm definitely sure about that. Um, yeah, I, I I grew up in with a father that was into the hobby in in the real trains as well as the model trains. And for me, it was kind of like, oh, you're into trains? Wow, that's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her your, her dad. Uh, I think he wanted to ha he want. At one point, he wanted to buy a caboose, or and I, and I think a locomotive. He wanted to buy, like I don't know. Tell me, tell me about that. Yeah, my sister was telling us about that this weekend when she came to visit. Um, he had wanted to buy. Um, they live out on a farm, so he wanted to buy his own caboose and have it like moved out to the farm and or a full engine, <laughs> and just park it in the yard. <laughs> I, I did uh, do a little quick uh, Google here. It looks like the, yeah, the Duluth and Mas I'm going to, I'm going to butcher this. Masabi and Iron Range Yellowstone engine number 225 is located in, uh, it's a historical landmark in Proctor, Minnesota. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I think there's a museum there where they've got several, a, a bunch of stuff. Okay. One of these days I'll go there with Lisa when, when we go back to Minnesota, cause I've only been up there once to visit her family, but, uh, Next time we go, we might we might go over there or something and check it you, out. You got to recreate the photo when you go. You got to find what engine it was, find the old photo, and then recreate it now with the uh, yeah. with the current. Um, yeah, but um, we, we should do, do that, now, right? 
Yeah. We should do that. Yeah, it's it's the cutest photo. She's like four years old and she's got her hand on the throttle of the uh in the cab with the locomotive <laughs> with her tongue sticking out. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, as soon as I as soon as I heard all that and saw those pictures, I was like, okay, this this might work. <laughs> well, you gotta come up to have you been to IRM yet, Eric? Or and or Lisa? No, no. I would love to go go there at some point because that's that's a huge, huge museum. Yes, it's biggest uh, in the country. They got tons of stuff. Yeah, I've got a I've got a couple um, DVDs where they visit there, and like that's one of the, if I mean that's one of the places you you kind of got to go at some point. I'd love to be I'd love to go there at some point. Well, I'll tell you what, Eric. Um, I won't get much into this on the show here today. But after the show, we would love to have you come out to Chicago this year if you and Lisa are interested. But we can discuss that later. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you guys are in Chicago. I always forget that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we can make uh, that least half, half of us are. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's a uh, – in, in Lisa's hometown up in Minnesota, they have a uh, – it's a really small Milwaukee Road kind of museum because the Milwaukee Road used to go through her town. And so they've got this really cool, uh, like when you come into the town, they've got the old tender from one of the Milwaukee Road locomotives that's on static display. And they've painted like the welcome to to the Monte video. They've, they've, uh, the welcome message for the town is painted on the tender. That's and then, awesome. uh, and on the other side, it's got this cool picture of a, of a Milwaukee Road diesel. I, don't, I forget what kind of diesel it is, but it's coming down the track and there's a a farmer on his, on his tractor and he's waving to the guy in the, in the cab. Uh, it's, it's really, really cool. And then they got like a, a Milwaukee road depot that that's, that's been restored. And then they've got like a turntable and some passenger cars and these really cool, like neon Milwaukee road signs. Uh, cool. it's, it's pretty neat. It's nothing huge. I mean, it's a tiny little town, but like, it's pretty neat. It's, it's pretty cool. There was in, in Illinois. You can't get very far without tripping over a Milwaukee Road caboose. I I wish I was exaggerating. <laughs> Their Milwaukee Road bay window cabooses are literally everywhere here. Um, like my local hobby shop, there is one just down the street, or there's one on the way to Chicago and Hobby when that when when they, they were still open. I remember I would drive down this particular road to get to Irving Park Road. And I drive there every single time I go by. And I was driving with my girlfriend at the time. And she was in the passenger seat. And, you know, you're driving, you only look ahead of you. And she's looking out the window and she goes, oh, there's a train over there. What? Yeah, we just crossed the tracks. No, no, no. There's like a steam train over there. And what are you talking about? There's a steam. And I look over, crammed in between these apartments in the middle of quite literally nowhere. There is a little industrial switcher with a slope back tender with a full Milwaukee Road, like Hiawatha coach. And in a bay window caboose, just slapped in the middle of nowhere. Wow, it's, that's crazy. Iram literally has inside one of the cabooses is a sign that shows all of the other cabooses that are just spread across the state. It's insane. That's awesome, man. It, I know they like, got a couple passenger cars at that yard in Monty. There's a they got a couple that have that have the yellow and the like the UP sort of color, the yellow and gray, whatever it is. Yes, yes, they, the armor yellow scheme. Yeah, it's so cool. And then they got yeah. Then they got a couple other passenger cars that are in the like the more traditional kind of like the orange and uh, kind of like that Hiawatha paint scheme sort of. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of next time we go there, I'll have to take some more pictures. 
Speaking of the Hiawatha, um, Eric's going to order one of those out of the catalog. I'm kind of disappointed that, you know, he's not also going to get that hot dog one. Is that what you call it, the hot dog one? <laughs> we always jokingly call it the hot dog, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I think it looks really cool. So, but I, I don't know where my personal train budget is for the year. Um, so, we'll see. <laughs> I'd love to get both of them, you know, if, uh, but if I'm going to get my first Hiawatha, it's got to be the real one, you know, and, but if I had, if my budget could allow it, I would definitely get, you know, it's not the locomotive. That's the problem. It's the passenger cars. I mean, they're oh, yeah. so expensive that, you, you know, you manifested it, it just, into being, so you, you did. Yeah. It was the, uh, the number one thing on the li on the list, uh, on your video there. That was so cool. I was like, yes, <laughs> I was right. <laughs> I mean, obviously, they had it planned well, long before I did that video, but uh, but it, it's always nice when you're like, "Cool, I was, I actually was spot on with that." <laughs> you tapped into the and, ESP and I'm, and I'm, of uh, knowing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I was I'm, like, I'm, I was like, they need to. I was like, they need to figure out a way to make those cars. Because that that was what I was worried about. I was like, I don't know if they're going to be a, with the Milwaukee with the Hiawatha. I don't know what they're going to do about the passenger cars because I don't think the 21 inch cars would work. Um, and sure enough, they brought, I could, I can't believe they, I, they brought back the aluminum cars. I just can't believe it. Oh yeah. Those things never would have sold if they didn't have cars, them that, that demands cars almost more than any other train. You know what I'm saying? Like that just needs them. Yeah. And you can't just use random 21 inch. I mean, cause it has that beaver tail, you know, at the mm -hmm. end, Yeah, it's got a match. You too. know, it really demands a custom job for the cars and you got it. You oh, almost yeah. have to use the aluminum ones. Yeah, those are gonna uh, I've got some of the cool. Milwaukee Road passenger cars that they did. I don't know, it was eight or ten years ago. No, it was more than that. It was, it was a while back. But they, yeah, they, they're really nice. <laughs> I hope they've. I, I hope they improve the aluminum cars a little bit because I'll be honest, like the aluminum cars are, are kind of a bear to work on. Um. I don't know if you guys have had experience working with them, but uh, oh yeah, I've been yeah, working with I, our buddy here too. To, yeah, we I've been working with a buddy of mine here. They're, those cars are at my house still uh, for the past year of him slowly ripping apart the Texas Special twenty one uh, the, the Texas Special at twenty one inch aluminum set they did in Legacy because yeah. all those windows have issues. As oh, it's been a pain. Oh, <laughs> yeah, those. Those are like aluminum cars. The Milwaukee Road ones that I have, uh, and I've got some Pocahontas ones too. They are getting in. You know, I opened them up. I opened up the Hiawatha ones to put LEDs in, and like it was just, it's, you know, I was like, you know, they made such an improvement when they came out with the twenty-one inch cars. They're so easy to open up in comparison, and those those aluminum ones are just a royal pain. I mean, all but they're almost they're up there with the. Uh, Acela passenger cars. Those are equally uh, <laughs> taxing to uh, open up. Did they you do 21 to... inch aluminum cars? Like, did they, did they ever do them or are they all plastic? I can't remember. Um, yes. They did, what, uh, what, 20, they did 21 inch aluminum cars. Oh, wow. Yeah. K -Line and K Line and Lionel did them. Yeah, I've got some uh, Pocahontas ones and I've got uh, Milwaukee Road ones and they are beautiful, but yeah, they are they're hard so to work worth on. it. They're so pretty. Yeah. Yep. Matt, you can you can you don't have to 
put keep this part in. But Eric, I, I know you said you opened the Acela cards. What did you have to open them for? Um, there was a loose piece rattling around. It was like a chair or something that had come loose in shipping. And, and it was driving me crazy. And I was like, and it only took about 30 seconds to glue that piece back down. But it took like an hour and a half or so to get the car open. And then like another hour and a half to get the car closed. Because <laughs> it's, oh, like it, it's like, a, it's like a Chinese puzzle or something. It's, it's crazy. Oh, you, put, you had that That's in crazy. your, I think it, you had that in your uh, Excel video, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I talked about yeah. it because it was. I remember that. I was like, "It's not for the faint of heart. You do not want to <laughs> open these things up." <laughs> no kidding. Easier to break into Fort Knox, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, those things were a, a, a bear. But you know, I, I had to glue that part, so I, I learned a lot in, in the process. You know, it is nice to get into your models and just kind of know, um, as James May would say from Top Gear, "You're better for knowing how it works and how it goes together." <laughs> yeah i mean it's uh, i'm always one to i was actually talking to about to sit about this but like uh, you know i'm always one like i will only i'll only send my stuff into lionel or, or whoever as a last resort like i always try to fix it myself because even if it means just ordering the part from lionel like uh, i'd rather do it myself because uh it, it's i kind of like it it's kind of fun you know taking them apart and learning how stuff works and, and getting a feel for it and everything. And after a while you start, you're almost like a subject matter expert, like, like the aluminum cars, you know, or mm -hmm. like the hot, the Acela cars. Like, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I know. I probably, I know a lot about <laughs> what, what's inside those things. Cause I spent a long, I spent many hours working with them, trying to get them, trying to get them back together and, and back together correctly. And so that's a, it's, it's always a good, educational experience and i think it's fun too so. it, it helps you appreciate too you know people are always like oh why does this cost so much oh it's so expensive it's like well when you get into those things you see how much goes into building one it's like i kind of understand it like this is a lot of work to make all this function properly and get it packed up you know yeah there's a lot in there um there's there's a lot that goes into i mean you know, it's like we were talking about last week with ryan you know it's like you know, there, there's no, there's no area on those things on the trains where they can sort of cut corners, if you will. Like, you know, like he was, I, I thought when we did the interview, I thought his, his comparison to a, a PlayStation was really good where he said, you know, PlayStations, it's got cutting edge tech technology, but it's in a cheap plastic box. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it doesn't have to, exactly. it doesn't have to move. Agree. You know, it was a good <laughs> Uh, but the, there's a little bit of everything in the trains and that makes them unique, uh, among collectibles where it's like, there's just, a, there's, I mean, you name it. I mean, we, you know, we talked about it before. There's, there's die cast metal, there's brass, there's molded plastic, there's electronics, there's chips, there's Bluetooth, there's a smoke unit, you know, there's gears and wheels that have to move and uh you know radio transmitters and speakers and uh, sound you know bass box and all i mean just the list goes on and on about all the stuff that goes into those things so it's it's you know um there's a reason why they're expensive a quick question have any of you guys seen the movie flight of the phoenix either the either the new one or the old one uh-uh what's that one what's that 
so if you don't mind my spoiling it for you, it's it's the story of a of uh, a plane cargo plane that crashes in the desert, and they have to like rebuild the plane to get out of the desert. Oh wow, that sounds interesting. It's a really good movie. I don't if you if you want like a little tiny bit of a spoiler. It's not like a gigantic spoiler, but it's a very good parallel to what you're t- discussing right now. So if you don't want spoilers, I won't spoil it. But um, oh, you can give me spoilers. <laughs> so on board the plane when they crash, it's found out. It's discovered that there's an airplane designer on board the plane. Conveniently, you know, because movie. Um, <laughs> so they they he's he redesigns this the plane where they take parts of it and you know it's like a big twin engine plane. They're able to build like one engine is able to be rebuilt and they build a new like plane to get out of the. Um, the desert, but it's discovered like partway through the movie when they're almost ready to take off that the guy doesn't build full size planes. He designs toy planes. He designs like remote control planes and they all freak <laughs> out because they're like, oh, my God, we're all going to die because this man designs kitty toys rather than real aircraft. And he's like, no, no, I'm way more qualified than anybody to be handling this because an RC plane is even more intricate than a real airplane because it has to do everything on its own with no human on board. It has to do all of its <laughs> right. own, you know, controls and inputs and handle everything by itself with nobody on board. And it's exactly the same thing with the trains. It's like these are real trains. They're just tiny and they have to do everything independent <laughs> of themselves with no engineer or fireman in the cab. You know, I mean, a steam engine is a pretty rudimentary piece of machinery when you get down to it there's a lot of fancy stuff bolted onto it but it's water fire steam and a bunch of metal flying around and hissing and moving you know uh, these models have got to run and you know do all these you know optic tricks to make them look like steam engines when they're a bunch of wires and motors so it's pretty impressive and also go watch flight of the phoenix it's a very good movie either one the old one's jimmy stewart the new one's dennis quaid but they're both really good. which one which one do you think is best Oh, I pers- I grew up with the new one from like the 2000s. It's very 2000s-y, but it's pretty good. But either one's a good bet. The old one's with Jimmy Stewart from the 50s. So, oh, you know, you, you, you got, what, what do you mean? You, you, you crashed the plane. Oh, oh, oh you got to rebuild it. Oh, you know, so lots of, <laughs> what do you mean you never saw my movie? Oh, oh go see it. <laughs> but yeah, it's like that same kind of sentiment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what do you guys, uh, what, what do you guys, um, like, you know, what are some of your favorite things in the catalog that you're definitely going to be ordering, you know? I mean, I know everyone's ordering custom runs and, uh, you know, it, uh, as, as, as sort of a side, I mean, I'm going to take a little side trip for here for a second, mm-hmm. but like, I was talking about this when I did a, my live show on, on New Year's Day, but like, uh, I, I like the custom runs, uh, you know, I'm doing a custom run, uh, Muffins is doing a ton of them, but I, at the same time, I kind of worry a little bit because I'm like, you know, I wonder if it's going to get to the point where Lionel is just going to say, you know what, we're just not going to do a catalog anymore, and we're just going to let the dealers just do whatever custom runs they want to do. Basically, you know? MTH's operating operating plan. Yeah, basically like yeah, MTH. Yeah. Really. Yeah. You know, so I kind of worry about that because I like the catalog and I like the excitement of what's going to be in the catalog and all that stuff. And I hope that's not, you know, I, I hope that doesn't uh, go away because of all, because everyone's just going crazy with the custom runs. I mean, there's, there's more custom runs than there are trains in the catalog. I feel like yeah, we're pretty the, safe. Uh... Oh, so go ahead, Matt. You go ahead. I'll just talk. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, 
the with the custom runs, yeah, it's almost like a catalog within a catalog. Just a matter you just gotta find the dealer who's making, you know, insert item here, you know, and there you go. But no, I completely agree. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's cool though. I mean, I definitely think some of the custom runs are awesome, you know, like, so I, I don't, I'm not against them. I just, it's one of those things where you kind of like, you know, there's yin and yang to it where you're like, yeah, I wonder if there's any, a, a, a bad side to this, but in the meantime, I'm enjoying all the custom runs. They're really, they're really fun to see. So. I'm going to jump in and um, say those DMIR ones that, um, Mr. Muffins did do. Um, I was really thrilled. That made my entire York. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So without custom run, we wouldn't have runs. We wouldn't have those. We we got a pair of SD SD twenty fours. So uh, video pending, but uh, so we're um, it's they're cool like that. Um, I think I'm gonna you know I, I like that Norfolk and uh, Norfolk and Western. Um, 765 thing that Berkshire that they're doing that Mr. Muffins is doing. Uh, I think I'm going to order that triple seven one that's in the catalog. Although, you know, uh, it remains to be seen. We'll, we'll see what that blue looks like on that engine. Yeah, um, definitely. Hopefully they'll, they'll do a good job with it, but it, it looks really cool in the catalog. So I think I'm going to get that one, but you know, are you, do you guys have any, have any must haves from the catalog? I think if I was going to order anything, um, it, definitely that city of Miami set is just fantastic. I MT, I remember MTH actually did that set a very long time ago. I think it was in, in the 2000 era somewhere, but that set is just, I love E6s. I think E6s are definitely one of my top looking diesels, uh, right behind Elko PAs. Uh, yep. and, uh, yeah, that, that set surprised me. Like I wouldn't think it's a, it's a, it's a one, you know, they, there's only, I, believe it was only one train um you know it's it's, it's also you know an uh, illinois central train so it's just like you know it's not the biggest popular road name out there and then they're like oh, yeah here here's the city of miami so i think it's really cool and it kind of shows that lionel is getting a little bit away from the you know big big name road uh railroad names and yeah. producing a lot of the smaller unique stuff that mth did yeah, I think we've seen a lot of that in recent catalogs, and that that city Miami thing is 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 really cool. Um, it was funny when we did when I did my my live show going over the catalog when it dropped. Um, so I, I um, on my first time seeing it, I said I, I said, "Oh, uh, look, they've got a um, there was a UP set. I thought it was UP." And then, you know, people jumped on me. They're like, no, that's Illinois Central, you know. And I'm like, I'm like, guys, it's a live show, you know. And I, it's the first, you know, it was a live show of me seeing the catalog for the first time. So it's kind of funny. We're like, you know, you're like, okay, you know, I'm not going to get everything right in the live show. It's so it is, it is Illinois Central. I know that. But my first, at first glance, it looked like it was UP. You, you weren't alone. I, I had to like, I think I had to triple take it when I turned to the page. Cause I was like, like I haven't seen this scheme in a, a long time. And actually I kind of thought UP as well. Uh, and then I kept looking closer. I was like, Oh my God, the city of Miami. You're like, wow. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Bravo. Yeah. Kinda, 
Yeah, it's, I think it's a school. You know, and one thing, I, you know, it's always interesting when we talk to Lionel because uh, Ryan in particular, he's he's kind of a trained nerd, you know, and he knows a lot of this stuff. And so it's it's kind of cool when he talks about, you know, why they did this and he'll talk about, oh, you know, this is why we offered this one. And it was offered, it was done in this paint scheme for only six months back in 1945 or something like that. So um, it's, it's, it's pretty cool that uh, I always tell people, you know, a lot of the people at Lionel are trained people, you know, not all of them, but there's a good number of them that are, that are trained nerds just like we are. So it's, it's cool when they're able to get stuff like that on the catalog. He's definitely come in, uh, and I don't remember when he, he got to Lionel, um, but it was like, what, in the mid-2000s? 2012? I think he said okay. like 2012, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah but he's definitely kind of, he's he's come in and he's he's definitely offered a lot of unique paint schemes, like mix and matching paint schemes. Like, you know, Legacy, I'm sorry, uh, Lionel has always been that kind of like true to form, like, you know, we're we're, we're doing these popular railroads and, you know, we're not going outside of the box on anything. And he's definitely slowly turned that around and did so, so many unique stuff over the years. I remember he did the, um, you know, the Burlington Northern F sevens, you know, it was, uh, you know, it was that, uh, that blue great Northern with, a uh, you know, with cascade green Burlington Northern. And then there was a cascade green B unit. And then there was a, there was a, um, Northern, uh, Pacific B unit that was black and you had this just like really interesting ABBA paint scheme going on, but it was cool because it was, it was different. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of 2012, uh, Eric, uh, you just picked up a new engine, uh, the other day here. You want to talk about that? Oh yeah. Um, I, I've talked about it a lot of times in my videos, but I'm, uh, I've been trying to collect all of the die cast metal gen sets that Lionel made and that they made nine. Um, and I had nine of them, including the vision line ones. And I had eight of them and I've been looking for the last one, the Pacific Harbor gen set forever. And, uh, and then I got an email from, uh, Lawrence from Gizmo's trains and he said, Hey, you know, I found one of these and, uh, I bought it. And if you want it, um, I know, I know you've been wanting this for a long time. So, if you want it, I'll, I'll sell it to you for what I bought it for. And, uh, I was just, I was just, I was so beside myself. I said, I can't believe it. And, uh, and so I did that and he, and so he drove down here, he brought it that brought it here in person over the weekend. And, uh, and not only was it the Pacific Harbor gen set, uh, but it was mint in box never opened. Um, <laughs> which was just, I was like, wow, that's just, that's just, I couldn't believe it. And, uh, so then I, uh, I, I got it. So now I've got all nine of them. Um, uh, my only regret is that I, I, I weathered the CSX one when I got it because the blue wasn't right. Um, in retrospect, I wish I kind of hadn't, but it is what it is. Um, but, uh, I'm just so thrilled to finally have all of the die cast metal gen sets and to get one mint in box. And it, the cool thing was I filmed the unboxing for it. And it ran perfectly out of the box, no issues whatsoever. Uh, couldn't believe it. So uh, the only the only minor issue was that there was a little on the number on the little number underneath the cab window is there was a little cracking on the decal, just from sitting in the box for 
13 or 14 years, but it, it's nothing major. And it was just, I can't, uh, I'm so thrilled about that. So I'm doing a video on that. That'll, that'll be out eventually. But, uh, uh, it's kind of fun doing that you, where you have like little sub collections within your collection where you're trying to mm-hmm. you're, fill out things, you know, all and, the, stuff, uh, the chase, the chase stuff you're looking yeah. for. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the diecast metal gen sets were one of those little chases, you know, and that, uh, now the other big one that I have, of course, that everybody knows about is the European MTH European stuff, um, which I've got, I've got two engines left that I need to get. There's the, there's the shorter crocodile, not the longer, the shorter squat one. I forget what it's called. It's, it's a crocodile. And then, uh, and then the, 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 the DR, uh, the DB 44 jumbo, um, those are the two that I'm still looking for. And, uh, hopefully one of these days I'll be able to pick them every now and then I see this, the squat, this squat alligator, the squat crocodile one, but, uh, they're usually, I don't know what it is about those European, the MTH European locomotives, but nine times out of 10, when one goes for, uh, is one is for sale, like it's in bad shape. Like it's been, I don't know what's happened to it, but they almost always need some sort of work, but, Kind of like we were talking about a minute ago, working on your trains. I've kind of become like a uh, a subject matter expert on those MTH European locomotives because every time I've gotten one used, it's it's needed some work where I had to I had to rehab it, you know, and uh, replace the belts on the pantographs and and all that kind of stuff. And so I've I've gotten gotten uh, an appreciation for those models, and also I've got quite a lot of uh, expertise on them now uh from from repairing them so many of them so yeah well speaking of the the european stuff uh rochford and i alluded to this earlier in the show um we had um the our buddy ray who owns a hobby shop out here uh renault's european imports he's out here in elburn and he has so his hobby shop's a little bit different from from your conventional you know train hobby shop he specializes exclusively in the european market it's all your imported stuff from Germany, Marklin, LGB, and all all the different manufacturers. And it's it's insane when you walk in there because not only is it just a huge collection of of European stuff, but it's a collection of European stuff in a old vintage bank. So oh, wow. it is insane in that regard. You know, you see all these brass pieces, the most detailed things you'd never see by, and it's all by European standards. But not only that, he also has a, a huge O scale collection that he's selling for um, a, a customer of his. And the guy was a collector for all his life. He had bought he he would buy trains, mint in box, from from like for example from Lionel. He'd buy like I think he had like at least, geez, at least four Vision Big Boys, six Challenger, Vision Challengers, two Vision GSs, every Ox Tender ever he made. And he just give them to his employees. He's like, take this, go put it on a shelf in the warehouse. And he never opened it, never ran it. And he's got, imagine your average grocery store. That's the size of his warehouse. And it's full of trains. Wow. And imagine that he's got three of those warehouses. And he's selling all this stuff. On top of having a bunch of great, never run mint European stuff on top of dealer layouts, it's it's crazy. Like if you're here in Chicago, we got to take you there because you'd love it. Wow, yeah, it's 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 crazy to me that like 
like that gen set was mint in box never run and and the, the lady who's selling them i think her husband died and so she's got a few others on ebay she's got a santa fe and a conrail um and they're all mint in box and uh, and there, i think there's a good number of hobbyists out there who just buy them and just put them on a shelf like i don't know why that is or maybe they buy one to run and one to keep in the box i don't know but like um it it happens i know brian at legacy station has told me that that he has a lot of customers who just buy it and keep it in the box and i'm like i i've never understood that but i'm kind of glad they do it because it's it's it, it 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 turns out good for us later on when they sell it so um, you know, I'm one of this, I, I've always thought that I'm always been a believer that trains want to be run. You know, they don't want to sit in a box. They don't want to sit on a shelf, not running. Uh, so it's, uh, it's always good to, always good to give them a run, you know, even, you know, even if they're old or valuable, you know, they still, they still want to be run kind of like cars, you know, like people who collect cars, you know, like the car wants to be run, even if it's a rare car. Oh yeah. You, just, you should still drive it every now and then. So it's good for the machinery. Yeah. So, well, I'll tell you, we I'll should... tell you that layouts take up a lot of space. So my dad, for example, has trains on shelves. He has no layout room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Her dad, her dad is mainly, he, he has some O gauge stuff. And so every when I, for my custom runs, we've gotten a copy of them for him every year for Christmas, but, uh, most of his stuff is G. And so he's got all over the house, uh, display shelves on the wall full of G, uh, G gauge trains, which take up all, I mean, you think O gauge yep. takes up a lot of room. <laughs> and so, uh, he's got, a, he's got multiple big boys and challengers and all sorts of other stuff. So yeah, he's, he's, he's big time into that kind of stuff. But yeah. He doesn't have a layout. So I guess he just, puts it on the shelf and stares at it and worships it. <laughs> I got to ask Lisa, what, what was it like growing up with a dad who was into trains and what, how did that, how did that, you know, uh, go into your childhood and your interest in trains right now? Uh, how, how did that all come together? Oh, awesome question. So, um, you know, I, I grew up in the country, literally on a farm way out in the middle of nowhere. Um, in Minnesota. It was awesome. Um, and for example, um, you know, my brother got a train to run on this little, I think it was maybe an eight by four run of track that my dad had set up um, when we were younger. He got a train and I got a train. Because I wanted a train, too. Why can't girls have trains? <laughs> um, it, it, it was a lot of fun. You know, when I was a teenager, I will say that maybe I was a little bit less into trains and thinking they weren't as cool because, you know, trying to, you know, think about hair and makeup and all that other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but again, when I met Eric, it was so refreshing. It was like, hey, I understand this. I spent many, many, many hours, um, you know, equating to days between hobby shops where we would just be sitting there and there's track to look at and things to create layouts to look at and, 
you know, I watched my dad build models um, for his layout when, when I was little. It was cool. <laughs> that is really cool. And how does that, how, I, forgive me if this is just, this is like curiosity. How is it for you guys to, to work on, on like the layout together or to collect together or being able to go to York together is, is something that I've, I've, you know, we've, we've ran into you guys a couple of times at York, sometimes crossing in front of your car and then wondering who's honking at Roger and I. <laughs> It's a lot of fun. I mean, I, I'll admit, like, when we first got to, like, started dating and stuff, like, I'd gotten so used to being with women who, at, at best, just tolerated the drains, you know, uh, never really wanted to be an active part of it. And so it was really weird, like, like, when she'd be like, can we go downstairs and look at the layout? You know, I'd be like, are you, are you sure you, you want to go downstairs and look at the train? You know, like, <laughs> like I was just, it was so un, unfamiliar to me, you know, and it took a while to get used to that. And then like, she would want it. She'd be like, Oh, let's, let's get some deer and some cows to put on the layout, you know? And, and then she wanted to go to York. And when we're at York, she likes to look for cars to put on the layout. And, um, you know, I think her appreciation of it, what's, what's cool is that I think her appreciation of it is different than mine. And that like, I think, and I, Lisa, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think her appreciation of the layout is more about the scenery and like, um, you know, having cars and people and trees and animals and stuff like that. So, um, which is cool. That, that, that means, you know, that, I've got someone else working on that too. So uh, it kind of complements what I do because I'm, I'm busy running the trains and focusing on the trains and, and she's uh, a lot more focused on the scenery and stuff. So it kind of, kind of uh, blends together really well. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I looked at your layout and I said, Hey, this parking lot, you don't even have a car here. Why don't you have any FedEx or UPS, which I learned you can, I could only find UPS trucks, and um, <laughs> and there are other things that I'm really interested in. Um, you know, the whole um, custom building of buildings and flats. I mean, that fascinates me. I've watched other people on YouTube do that, and I really want to learn how to weather some cars. I told it, Eric. Had, Eric advised me, don't go buy new cars. Get some test or used things to 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 try first and uh you know he's got this awesome paint booth that lucky enough i might have access to <laughs> want to support your favorite oscale podcast and rock some awesome merch well now you can we've teamed up with redbubble.com and have come up with a great selection of gear that you can get right now they have everything from shirts hoodies stickers mugs bags you name it Heck, you could even get a wall clock with us on it. All this great stuff and more at redbubble.com. Links are down in the show notes. So grab yourself some gear and rock some awesome podcast merch. I did the complete opposite of what Eric advised when I started with Ring Trains. Yeah, you sure did, um, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, Sid had actually nudged me into... I, I had the... I have the um, the Vision Stock Express uh, Black War Baby GS4, 
and it's a you know it's a black box vision line engine it's creme de la creme it's the highest thing but it always bugged me because i was like oh it's got this little thing that's not accurate or this thing paint wise uh, the model is fantastic it's as, as accurate as humanly possible you can't get better than that and it just kept bugging me like one of these days i'll fix it one of these days i'll fix it and so it's like why don't you just do it just just go for it just weather the darn thing and i i i did it and after that and it came out pretty it came out pretty good for my first attempt I've, I've touched it up since then but um ever since doing something like that I'm not weathering a piece of rolling stock. It's like, oh, it's just a piece of rolling stock. You know, it's not a vision line engine. I've already gone to the very top and done that. But weathering is a lot of fun. Uh, it, it changes a lot of your your outlook on your rolling stock, too, because it just blends into the scenery so much nicer. And that's what, you know, trains are in, in a way. It's a, it's an art form if, if you decide to pursue that that side of the hobby. Oh, yeah. I haven't had, I haven't found, I haven't had the uh, courage to weather a vision line engine yet. Um, uh, but I've done a lot of rolling stock and I've done a few engines, uh, mainly diesels. I've done a couple steams, um, anything Conrail. I, I like to weather the, the Jesus <laughs> out of it. Um, that's, that, that's always fun. Yeah. You can kind of go to town with anything Conrail or, oh, or Penn yeah. Central or something. Um, so those are always fun, but, uh, yeah, I like it a lot. I haven't weathered in a while cause the, I used to use the, the the scale coat paints, and the guy who took over um, for scale coat paints just he just can't he just doesn't have the time to make the paints anymore, and so uh, I'm having to find a new a new brand of paint. I'll probably have to get something acrylic or something. Um, so I, I I don't know. Um, do uh, do you use an airbrush when you weather, Johnny? I, I would like to get to a point of using an airbrush. I do powders. I use pan pastels. They okay. they serve me well. They're basic like paint to a degree with how well they stick and adhere. So yeah, um, but it's good. I've done a, a couple engines. Uh, I've done a couple engines from for, for some friends. I did one for for Matt R over there. I've done one for uh, Maddie C, my buddy Sean out here, and all the folks. And mm-hmm. it, it's it's nice to be able to take photos and to, and kind of compare like shiny new engine versus engine that's looked like it's been worked to death or it's been in service for a couple of years at this point. It's you know, yeah. I just love blending stuff in. Yeah, I don't uh, with my engines and cars. I, I I'm still trying to get better at doing detailed. Like I'm I'm good at just giving the the stuff just a general coat of grime. Um, but as far as like really specific stuff, like like scrapes in the car and uh, peeling paint and then rust patches, I'm still honing my skills on that. I'm I've done some some stuff with it, but not a ton of it. Um, cause it, uh, you gotta be careful with the rust cause you can overdo the rust really easily. Like, you know, you, usually I don't do rust on engines at all because engines usually aren't rusty unless they're out of, out of service. Um, but exactly. with the cars, you know, you do, do a little rust on the roof, you know, where the paints and I've done some, done some, some salt weathering of course, but, uh, uh, it's a fun, it's fun to do. It's, 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 it's really fun to, uh, to, to make them look dirty and try to get hone your craft and get better. The problem and better for me it. is once I do one, I'm going to have to do every single thing I own to a certain degree. Like even the passenger steamers, which are usually immaculate, like I'm just going to be like, I can't 
see a perfect engine now that one thing's done. Like I just, I, I've <laughs> held off doing it because I really, Johnny gets me going so much wanting to do this stuff. <laughs> it's so nice looking and it blends. It's just like, oh God, once I do one, I'm going to have to, because I know my own, I am my own worst customer. I'm going to want to have to do yeah. everything. So well, I that's feel- a yeah, thing. Yeah, just, I um. I, I don't know. I feel like it, it's to a point where, you know, like like what John said, you know, once you weather one thing, you can't look at anything else the same. You know, I've had a couple of weather pieces and since, you know, sold them off or traded or whatever, just because I just, I, I appreciate it. And that's, you know, I appreciate it for what it is and I really, really like it. But, you know, for me, I just, I can't get into it. Now, one of my purchases coming up sometime in the year will change that, but you know, that's besides the point, but it's, <laughs> you know, something that you think about it, you know, weathering is cool until you look at all your clean stuff and be like, eh, this doesn't really fit anymore. Well, it's, it's funny you say that, Matt, because that, the inner mountain car I, I made, it's a, it's a hopper. I'd finished building it while I had my buddy Jason here the other night and I showed him, I said, God, it looks great. And we put it on the tracks and, you know, in the middle of my yard with my Weathered Atlantic, my SW1 full freight train and the whole nine yards of weathered stuff. And we put it on the track. He looked at it. He just laughed. He like, that looks ridiculous. I'm like, yeah, it does look ridiculous. It doesn't fit in at all. Um, but, you know, like I said, it's a, it's a, it's a craft. And it's a, it's a thing that, you, that I do because, one, it's fun to help improve the look of a model. And two, it's cheaper than buying another model. Um, but kind of, kind of steering the conversation out, uh, back to like the whole art side of things. Like Lisa, you've done work, you've helped Eric with, um, some parts of the layout. Um, are there any scenes that you, you're really proud of that you guys have worked on together or she's worked on that, uh, that is really like something that's changed and you're really proud of that, how it's evolved. So for me, um, Eric had commissioned from someone a building um, that is Arts Dairy Freeze. And it is a building from my hometown. And then I got the little school bus to match so that the school bus could pull up just like mine used to um, when we would get dropped off to get some ice cream after school on our way home. (laughs) And yeah, that, that little scene to me is I mean, every time I see it, it, it warms my heart. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yeah, that was love- fun working on that. And, um, I got that building from uh, Stu at uh, from Model Building Services. Stu Grelnick, he, he, he's done a lot of my custom buildings. He does really good stuff. And um, it's been uh, it's been fun. Every every. every Every now and then I'll I'll dial him up and say, hey, can you do that? And of course, when I met Lisa and I was like, yeah, I want to get something from her her hometown. So he did a great job on that building. So that was a lot of fun. And we added some free range cows in the Colorado room. That was kind of fun. Um, <laughs> and we'll probably be doing some more stuff because I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be tearing up some spots on the layout probably this year to to rehab them and refresh them. So we'll probably be doing some more stuff too. It's so nice having that like personal touch factor to really make your layout like you can point to different things. And even if nobody else knows what it is, like you can just kind of just find solace in knowing like all these little things. And it's really a form of 
you know, like Lisa, for example, I mean, you're, you're hundreds of miles away from your home. Um, uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. Where do you live? Let's read what 320. Where do you live? I'm sorry. <laughs> so I live about an hour from Eric um, in the greater Atlanta area. And yeah, my my hometown is um, up in Minnesota in a very remote part of it. <laughs> yeah. So like you get to you can you can have these little bits. It's so nice to be able to like that's one thing. I don't know about you guys, but like your layout, whether it's a place that you've never been before or a place that you are far away from it's like having a little bit of home there isn't it like that I, I feel like that's probably so nice yeah i keep telling eric um he needs a bigger layout which means a bigger space <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're gonna have to do something because uh lisa will be moving in here once we get married and we're gonna have to figure out something with the uh Either either vastly expand this house or move to a different house, which of course will necessitate taking down the layout, which is going to be a uh, a monumental undertaking. <laughs> so I might have to get some. I might have to recruit some people to help me with it. Oh, um, but uh, that's going to be. I've known that layout most of my life. <laughs> Weird yes, that that's going to be here. Yeah, it's yeah. a plus one. I, I remember when you first started YouTube. I'm like, man, this layout's so cool. Uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be bittersweet, um, but I'm looking forward to it because you know I, I've talked about it. You know, there's you know there's there's no such thing as a perfect layout. You know, you're always learning, and there's stuff that I would do differently this time around. And so it'll be nice to it'll it'll it'll, it'll stink to tear it down and have to move all that, but it'll be nice and exciting to, uh, to build something new and build on the lessons learned from that layout. Cause, uh, I certainly made a lot of mistakes on that layout that I've, I've, some of them I'm always working to, to cover, to working around them, you know, to try to, uh, little nuances and stuff and idiosyncrasies where they're always a pain in the pain in the butt to get to uh, work around. But, um, and I'd like to have some hangout space down there too, you know, if, uh, there's there's really nowhere to hang out in my layout room. So if, if we do it again, that'll be a nice chance to actually have a couch and a TV and stuff where people can <laughs> hang out while the trains are running and stuff. I, I never, it didn't even occur to me when I originally built the layout because I'd, I'd never had, it was my first house, you know, so I was, I'd never had that much space. And I was just like, I want to make the layout as big as I possibly can. <laughs> you know, and if, if I was doing it again, I'd, I'd probably make it about 20% smaller just so I would have, some space to actually hang out down there. <laughs> Have you thought you about, um, I'm sorry, Johnny, go ahead. Well, I'll, I'll be really quick about this. And Matt, you can relate to this because I, I picked this up from your place and, and Sean's place. You don't realize how essential a couch in a, in a layout room is <laughs> because, you know, I, I, before I had my couch down here that I, I, I got from a buddy, I, I just had office chairs down here and everyone's had their own office chair, but like you have a couch and you have a place to sit and chat and have a comfy place that will running trains. Oh, it's, it's essential. Yeah. It, it makes such a huge difference. Like yeah. when, yeah. when we're at York and we go over to Chris Montagna's house, mm -hmm. you know, and he's got that little lounge mm -hmm. area where you can kind of hang out and it's just, it makes a huge difference. And so, yeah, that was, that is definitely one thing I would do differently if I was doing it again. And, um, you know, not, not necessarily try to have the layout, take the, take up the entire space. So, 
Yeah, I think so. It'll be it'll be interesting when that time comes because, and I think it's coming sooner because than I than I think because, like I said, Lisa's got her stuff and I got my stuff, and I, my house is already at max capacity. So it's like, um, and it'll also be nice to not have to pay for storage of my boxes. I mean, I, gosh, I, the storage place for my box for empty boxes is three hundred and thirty dollars a month. Oh my just gosh! Just store. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh! Those places just to store empty you. boxes. Oh gosh, it, they raise. It's basically just highway. They can just raise the price whenever they want. Oh yeah, because they know you're nothing just gonna you can be do like, about I'm it. Move my stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, and like yeah, you know. So it'll, I'll just be going along, and all of a sudden it'll be like, oh yeah, we're charging you forty dollars more now. And there's not there's there's not a darn thing you can do about it because all the other places are just as expensive. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, so and, you and, go uh, to the same place, you have to move everything again. That's like one well, back to square one. They're just going to start over. Again. Yeah, they know they know you're not. They know it's a pain in the butt to move. Yeah, and they kind of got you. And so uh, it'll be so nice when we have a space where I don't where I can, you know, I can put that three hundred and some odd dollars back into the train budget. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so have you thought about? And again, I, I don't know your financial situation and and what you're looking for in a new house, but. Uh, you're in, obviously in a warmer climate, so you know. Have you thought about maybe getting a place with like more property, and then like building like a train barn in the backyard, yeah. and just yeah, that's, definitely that's your place, right? Yeah, definitely. That's one of the. That's really what I'm hoping is that we can get a place maybe with a few acres where we can build a train barn, you know. Yeah. And but the thing is, I I I was telling Lisa, I was like, I I'd, I'd like to have it connected to the house in some way so that i don't have to walk outside to get to the trains you know Under, and, underground tunnel yeah something <laughs> yeah something like that because i don't want to be physically no, separated from the house you know and yeah and uh um so if we could do something like that where we have a, a standalone barn that's maybe or or outbuilding but still connected to the house in some way uh, that would be ideal, and then we could have enough room for storage, the layout or layouts, uh, a workshop, and maybe a film studio, and yeah, um, all that stuff. It'd be great. Um, we've also—I uh, don't know if we're doing talking about it seriously, but I've toyed, I've thrown out the idea of maybe getting like a buying like a old commercial space of some sort. And then having like a layout downstairs and then like our living area upstairs, you know, something like that. Ah, gotcha. There you go. That'd be like cool. Buy some warehouse or something like that where we can get it zoned for residential or something and and uh, and have that, have a, you know, a, a bigger space that way. And just because, you know, if, if, if I, if we could have a separate space for the trains, the house wouldn't need to be that big. So mm-hmm. it's like if we could have a living quarters upstairs and then just have all the train stuff downstairs or something or vice versa there you go um, speaking of um of layouts i know you mentioned a couple of times that you want to do a standard gauge layout that'd be really cool to see yeah I was just thinking um, that yeah if we can get the space i'd love to it does, and that doesn't have to be anything super like huge you know but if we could do something that was like you know maybe like 16 by 24 you know something like that um because you know, with standard gauge, you can't do a four by eight with standard gauge. But uh, you know, something if we could do like an you know eight by eight by sixteen or a twenty or a, like a 
uh, 12 by 24 or something like that. That would be really cool. And just, just have a, a loop of track, maybe a few switches and, uh, and then get some pre-war style accessories, you know, some street lights and all that kind of stuff. It, I'd love to do that, you know, and, and maybe on the same layout also have some O gauge track for running post-war trains, post-war style trains. Um, that'd be really cool too. So, Oh Yeah. So yeah, we, we really need a, we, we really got something to, we really got a challenge we got to take care of at some point uh, down the road because uh, I'm out of space in this house, that's for sure. I mean, I, I'm, it's getting harder and harder to find places to put display cases for the, for the trains. <laughs> well, and I'm so attracted to that tin plate, um, tin plate buildings and things. Um, I really, really, really want to add an entire section into the layout that's dedicated to something like that. Yeah, it'd be really cool. I've got, I've got quite a few standard gauge trains and I just, the only time I can run them is just to put standard gauge track on the living room floor, basically. Um, so, uh, some point it'd be great. I, I wish I, I wish MTH would, would start making some of their tin plate stuff again. I don't know if they will, but uh, uh, I know they can't do the Lionel, but even just doing the tin plate traditions would be would be cool. So we were actually fortunate enough to um, visit uh, myself and a, a few of the buddies of the Shy Town guys here. We were able to visit a collector who has a huge dedicated standard gauge layout, and I, I've never seen standard gauge in action in person before, in outside of like the the display at York. So to see one in a, in a private residential home. And see how much space it takes up is insane. He had a, a giant main line on the bottom, another tier on top of it, which was a bunch of relayed loops for conventionally styled ones, and uh, a, a crossover with switches and, and all this other stuff. It was insane. But it 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 took up maybe like thirty feet just for the one straightaway. Yeah, and it's massive. It's, it's, it's massive. It's, it's huge. That Where was, was that? It was that in yeah. Chicago. Yeah, it's it's out here in Chicago. Um, he was a a customer of one of the hobby shops out here. They actually uh, hooked us up to meeting him, and his lab was just fantastic. It, it I, I I'm I love standard gauge and just his collection of not only things that were on the layout but collection of everything else on the walls. Like, I was so elated and impressed by it. I I called John up immediately. I'm like John, John, I'm, get on Discord. I got to show you this on video call, and he and I were just foaming at all this. Stuff it was there. insane, it was, it was and that yeah. was a big layout. I mean, to be fair, that was a huge layout, even for standard gauge. Like that was overboard, like in the best kind of way, even for that size of train. Like it made wow. the standard gauge trains look like O scale. It was quite a lot, but yeah, you yeah. definitely need a lot of space for that. But kind of like other thing, point back to what Lisa was saying too. Um, the uh the g scale trains um those are kind of fun because you can almost like they almost go beyond a layout you can kind of like put them like they become part of the environment you know like you can put them outside you can put them like around the house and they don't really like it's kind of weird to put like you know you can do it but it, you can't really do like an around like you know like a bunch of rooms in your house like on the floor o gauge layout as like you can with g like it just kind of it just kind of does a bit more. I know people, some people do it where they like to have a big, you know, detailed O scale layout on the floor, but um, it just, it just works so much better. It's kind of like fun having a train running around your environment. Like those old movies where you see like, you know, they have like a train running through different rooms in their houses um, just on the floor. It's kind of evocative of that. So, I mean, I do G scale personally too, so I'm kind of biased, but um, 
yeah, I feel like everybody has that lust for standard gauge a little bit. We all kind of want that big, goofy cartoon caricature, you know, of the uh, <laughs> of the stuff. It's just it's just evocative of like you kind of want to. Sh- Sometimes you just want to like shove all the scale stuff aside and just be like, I just want to play. I'm done with the accuracy. I don't care what color it is. Make it you know purple and you know chartreuse. I just want to have fun. So <laughs> yeah, it's it's. it's um... I always think of, of standard gauge. I mean, they're like, it's like art, you know, uh, they're just so beautiful and nothing makes me happier than when someone young gets like really dig standard gauge. Uh, Cause it's such a, you know, it, it's such a dying thing. I think, you know, there's not very many young people that, that even know about it, let alone appreciate it. And so, um, it's it always it's extremely gratifying when you hear when I you'll get a message and it'll be like, hey, I'm 15 years old and I think this is so cool, you know, and uh, I love that and yeah, like I said, I wish I hope MTH makes more of it. Um, it is and now it it's also it also makes O gauge look cheap because it is expensive. Oh yeah, um, it's, it is expensive. Even the new ones um, are expensive. It's really nice. Like as collector piece, even the new pieces are like collector pieces, quote unquote, now because they're equally as hard to find. Um, yeah, you know, you I mean they're super expensive. There was this guy, I, don't, I forget his name, but he was on uh, um, TM Books. One of their uh, they had a series of DVDs that was uh, tin plate trains, and uh, it was one one I think maybe it was volume four or something, and it was some guy up in New England who has this old Victorian house and he has, he has a layout, a standard gauge layout for every manufacturer. So he has a Lionel layout, an American flyer layout, an Ives layout, a door fan layout, and then like a miscellaneous layout for like all the other ones. And like, he has like, I think he has like every, standard gauge train that has ever been made almost like he and like all the variations like he has it, it's insane like it it's that's, gotta uh, be john worth DeSantis. yeah you're talking about john desantis who, yeah, yes john desantis, DeSantis that's it. Mm-hmm. i think he's passed now yeah. unfortunately oh did he yeah that, that dvd was made quite a while ago so that wouldn't surprise me um i wonder what happened to all his stuff probably got broken up and sold it did it got split up um, i believe yeah, because he had a, a massive collection. I mean, like a museum quality collection. Um, it's too bad it got broken up. It would have been nice if it was donated to some sort of museum or something. Because he had, I mean, everything. Like he would get every very, he's one of those guys who would get every variation of a car or whatever. And he'd be like, yeah, this is, you know, they had a slightly different shade of green on this one. And uh, you know, this one had a rubber stamp instead of a heat stamp, you know, like every variation. It was just really, really a neat collection. He had a Boucher Blue Comet, which is which is an amazing train. Um, he had also, that was an amazing collection. So it's too bad that got broken up. Well, speaking of affordability, I mean, Lionel, I think, does a really great job with their ready to play sets. I mean... I got the Harry Potter one. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, they we have got a lot those of, at uh, Costco. 
Yeah, I think they're, they they were pretty smart and they they've really got a lot of great licensing, right? You know, they got these IPs and they took those and they're still just adding more like I, <laughs> is there something in, from Warner Brothers that they haven't done? I I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> so I'm still waiting for them to do it. Back to the Future Train. That's that's what I'm waiting oh, for. That would be awesome. I'm, oh I'm, my god! Like I said in the podcast, I'm waiting for Star Wars. Like that is <laughs> that is my creme de la creme. Uh, I have to imagine it's just the licensing. Is yeah, I know it, it is. Yeah, it it yeah. is. It's an entirely different licensing package. But it's I don't know. Red tape. Like if they did. Uh, because the Back to the Future train was a pretty simple locomotive. It wasn't a huge locomotive. It was like, a, I don't know, I forget what it was, but it wasn't that remarkable. It was a but, Rogers uh, mogul. Or no, Rogers 10-wheeler. Yeah, so mogul. you could do something like that. But then the, the, the trick would be tooling up like an O-gauge DeLorean, you know, with the, with the train wheels on it. People you know? have done it. I've seen them on YouTube. There's been a couple. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think some people have done it, so... They could do it, you know, and I think it would, I think it would sell, you know, especially if you oh, could yeah. get the licensing to have some clips from the movie, some dialogue clips from the movie and so forth. I would buy that. Marty. We gotta get it, Marty. Get it up to 88 miles power. <laughs> yeah. Um, that would be super cool. Um, but then, you know, then I guess... If we if we keep talking about this, we're going to go down the rabbit hole of things Lionel should make. Mm-hmm. That could go on. <laughs> That's a show in and of itself. Yeah, that that could go on for years. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> well, I mean, they things Lionel should make. They brought back the Polar Express, which is cool. I mean, for people yeah. that couldn't get it the first time around, that's all, or maybe not the first, second, whatever it is. Yeah. What you don't want to spend five thousand dollars on a Polar Express? Oh, I'm trying ten thousand, Matt. People or 10, were asking ten thousand yeah. I remember the day that happened. I'm like, no, no. What what bozo put it on for nine thousand dollars, and then someone put it on for for ten thousand dollars. <laughs> I remember like, that. No. Yep. It's like, and it, ne- it never sold for that much. But you know, people just check what things are listed for, and then that that single moment mm-hmm. jacked up the price for like two years because it yeah. sold. Yeah. Oh yeah. It sold. For that much, and there's some nut out there has that engine spent the price of a of, of a new car on it, or a very good used car. <laughs> yeah. Good lord. Oh, I mean, it's it's ridiculous, uh, and it and it still happens on eBay. I mean, some of these prices, I'm just like, you know, do you want to sell this or not? You know, like it was so funny when we were at York. I went up to uh, um, Scott. Um, What's his name? Scott Griggs from Trains. Is that it? Is that the right Scott? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, um, yeah, Scott yeah, Griggs. Yeah, and I I went up to his booth and I said, you know, Scott, I said, you're one of the few people on eBay that actually sells trains at reasonable prices. Uh, and he said, he goes, well, yeah, that's because we actually want to sell our stuff. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a business. Yeah. We want to make money. Yep. <laughs> We actually want to move our inventory. <laughs> there are guys on eBay, and obviously we're not going to name any people on eBay here, but um, we're not going to name names. But I've seen sellers on eBay with the same stock for years. Yeah. Years they have been mm-hmm. up there. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like, don't you want to sell? Like, you want to even knock it off 50 bucks? Like, you're you're that hard-nosed that you have to 
Like, you know, I have to make so much, you know, it's just like, all right, well, I know what your I've time. got. It's your time, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like there's a, um, it always comes up in my saved eBay search. Cause I, I, I'd, I wish I had, or I should have ordered it when it, when it was cataloged, but I want, I, I wish I had gotten the, 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 like, uh, it was the Lionel Veranda, the army one with the little shark, shark yeah. teeth and everything. Yep. That one's awesome. And I desperate, and I wish I had got, if I could go back in time, I would have ordered it. But anyway, there's one on eBay right now, but it's like $4,000. And I'm like, I'm not giving you $4,000 for that thing, you know? And it's going to be there a year from now for the same price. And like, they won't even have like make an offer or anything. And they're like $4,000. I'm like, okay, good luck. (laughs) What you have to, what you got to do, Eric, is you have to go like, you got to do one of those hobby shop crawls where you just find the store that has no online presence at all, like a yellow page listing. Go into one of those stores. As long as they like have some sort of new stuff, that's where you find that kind of engine for like below MSRP. That's always the way that kind of stuff goes. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you got you to gotta crawl around and find it. But uh, yeah. yeah, some of these, you know, some of these sellers are just out of their mind. And it's unfortunate because if they have, if it was a reasonable price, they'd make a sale. Yep. You know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What can you uh, do? I'm not sure what their thought process is, but, uh, um, yeah. Sucker born every minute. That's the, uh, I mean, I mean, I understand speaking of just selling stuff, like I understand like eBay's fees have gone up and it's harder to sell stuff on eBay, but you know, really the place to sell things is usually like in a forum, um, or, you know, a discord server, not to, (laughs) You know, any Discord server that's train related um, and Facebook, like honestly, Facebook is like literally the best place right now to find pretty good deals. Uh, And I've never had an issue. I mean, I bought and sold on Facebook and every transaction has been really, really great. Knock on wood. Enjoying this week's topic? You can join in on the conversation too on our community Discord server. We have a lot of different discussion channels ranging from showing off your collection, discussing the latest and greatest in the industry, a buy and sell forum, and even a voice channel where you can hop on call and talk trains with us late into the night. We're a little over 300 strong and we'll love to have you join us too. Check out the invite link to our community Discord down in the show notes, read and acknowledge the rules, and introduce yourself and start chatting. We have a great team of moderators who make sure all are welcomed and respected. So what are you waiting for? Come on down and join us in on the fun, and let's talk some trains. Yeah, fortunately, we're in a hobby where there's probably a minimal amount of people like trying to defraud people, you know, because uh, we're not buying sh- fancy shoes or or, I- or iPhones and stuff like that. So I think most of the people who are selling stuff are usually on the level. Yeah, good point. You know, so, well, like, you know, I mean, and most of them are like with uh, Gizmo. He drove, he drove down here to give it to me. So uh, how often do you get that? Well, let's, you know what? Uh, speaking of Gizmo, let's actually, uh, let's actually give him a shout out. So um, I watch Gizmo as well. I, he's, he's a pretty cool guy. I like his channel. Uh, so uh, Gizmo trains, everyone. Check him out. I'll put, I'll <laughs> yeah. put his information yeah, in the go, show notes. Yeah. But yeah, he's a really cool guy. Um, he, he did he's that. Always with, wearing our merch too. Yeah, <laughs> he, he reps our merch more than we do. <laughs> <laughs> he also did that, and I know this is kind of a controversial engine, but yeah, that Rio Grande big boy man, I I actually like that. I think it's really really cool. 
it's crazy. Uh, I mean, I, it's it's interesting. If Rio Grande um, was like, you know what, or UP was like, you know, we got to do a heritage, uh, a shout out to Rio Grande. Like that's something I think they would do. You know, I don't, I don't know. That's my personal opinion. That it's definitely vibrant. It's it gets, yeah, it's vibrant, all right. <laughs> yeah, it's many adjectives. Uh, yeah, it's like the banana. <laughs> <laughs> so you think uh, you think they're going to bring back? Um, I'm hoping they'll bring back the uh, the Vision Line 700E and 25. Um, That's a pretty safe you guys bet. Think they I will? Think. Yeah, I, yeah, I think you'll see. I I, I feel like. You know, I mean, obviously the whole anniversary thing, but I, I feel like you're gonna see the the GG one somewhere in the mix in the Hudson. I I really think those. Are I'd love it if they brought back both. That would be great. I I think they'll do one in one catalog, one in the other. Maybe they'll surprise us and do both in one. I don't know, but we'll see. I yeah. foresee them also like maybe recreating or uh, the post war celebration sets too as well. Just like all mm-hmm. kinds of like special sets uh, for the anniversary. I tell you what would be cool. Maybe I should ask Ryan about this to put it in his ear. I don't know, but uh, they probably already finished the catalog by now. But like, the, if they do the 700E, if they would do the um, matching passenger cars that came with it originally in 1937, the uh, I forget what they're called. The, the oh, the Rail Chiefs, the, uh, the the Rail Chiefs, right? Rail Chiefs, yeah, the streamliner. Yeah. Yeah, if they could do just a modern version of the of the Rail Chief Streamliners to go with the 700E, that would be awesome. Could use the Hiawatha cars that they just tooled. Like that almost looks like Yeah, you right? could. There you go. Yeah. Close yeah. enough, yeah. Free idea, Ryan. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm hoping they'll do that, and I'd love to get another GG. I got two of the Vision Line GG1s, but I always wanted to get the, uh, the Riveted one and also the... Uh, the uh, 1776 one it was like bicentennial a, one mm-hmm. yeah, yeah i love that one, one. I, uh, they, again I there was Ryan's someone selling it on ebay but they wanted like four thousand dollars for it um so i'd uh, love it if they would do that again um yeah I, I i'm trying in this new catalog i've got this uh i like that southern e6 um I hope they get the green right on that, like we were saying. But that that, that General Motors E6 set, <laughs> that's just so unusual. I, I I keep on, it keeps, I keep on trying to find a way to fit it into my budget to get that one too, because <laughs> that I think that's going to look so cool, and just so unusual. Um, I know you guys are getting that uh, City of Miami E6, but. I think that's. I think those are the ones I'm trying. I'm trying to fit them in the budget is the Southern and the General Motors demonstrator one. The clear one um, is definitely going to be a collector piece. So like that'd be a perfect piece for you to get. And you know you can, you know shops are going to order the Southern ones. You can always do a wait and see, just to wait and see how it comes yeah. out. But yeah, that the clear one is definitely a collector piece. I would I would jump on. I agree. That's yeah. That's what I was because like it's something like like they're not they're probably not going to make something like that again anytime soon, and so it's like. I was like, I got to get that while I can, because that's just yeah. so unique and different. So, yeah, I'm, I've got a huge list of stuff from the catalog right now. <laughs> I've got to, I've got to narrow it down to something reasonable. Uh, if, I, if I put in my order right now, I'd probably be like $50,000 worth of training. Oh my gosh. Well, hey, that's so I've, I've got to like, that's all for the business. 
Yeah, that'd be that. That sure would be content, but uh, I got to narrow it down to something within the realm of sanity. Um, so <laughs> that's the kind of problem you want to have, though. That's a good problem. Yeah. Oh, um, fun stuff. <laughs> um, I got a, I got an email from the uh, TCA about early enrollment for York this year. I don't know if it was for the fall one or the spring one. Yeah, were you planning on going to spring or just the fall? I've never been to the spring one. Um, okay. I, we usually go to the fall just because spring is usually kind of busy, and we're probably going to go up to Minnesota to visit um, visit Lisa's family in the spring. So we usually go to the fall one just because it's a little uh, a little easier on the schedule wise. Although the fall is always just a crazy busy time train wise because you've got. It starts with York and then then I have my open house and then we have and then you have all the videos for the holiday season, you know, that you gotta get out. So it's it's a crazy like from like October to December, it, it it's insane. Like it it's it it, it gets crazy. Fortunately at least is a good sport. She <laughs> she rolls with it. So um that's why she's so awesome because she's able to she puts up with it. <laughs> um, I don't put up that, with it. Need... I love it. <laughs> <laughs> good, good answer. Because <laughs> it gets hectic. But she likes going to York, and we have a lot of fun at the York. So that's that's it's. Uh... And the open house that we have every year that's fun too, uh, exhausting but fun. So. Um... So yeah, yeah I, I, so. I I encourage Eric to invite and make sure that he puts out there everybody is invited and it's free. Go to Eric's house and see his layout. I got to go down there at some point. I'll, it's been on my list for ages. Now that you know, now that we actually get a chance to talk to you, it, it's so much uh, makes so much more sense. So yeah, no, I'm really excited yeah. to do that in the future. Same here. Yeah, it's here. a lot Absolutely. of fun. I mean, the, I think one of the for me one of the most enjoyable things about having the open house is that um because what i do is when when i have the open house i i put it in our local community uh magazine um so that way it pulls in a lot of people that are not in the hobby and so you get a lot of families coming and stuff like that and people who have never seen this kind of stuff before and uh that's the really cool part of it is when they come down and they're like, Oh my gosh, you know, and the kids are going crazy cause they've never seen anything like that before. And, uh, so yeah, just pulling in the non hobbyists to the open house. That's, uh, that's, that's really a lot of fun. A lot of fun to do. Oh, come on now. You had hobbyists from multiple people from Alaska who flew in just for that. Wow. That's California. True. That's true. I mean, I always feel I always feel kind of uh, self conscious, or I guess that's the word for like someone will be like, "Yeah, I came from Alaska to see your layout," and I'm like, oh, "I hope, okay, I hope I hope you're not disappointed." <laughs> you know, we had I've had people come from overseas. Like I had someone come from England one year and Germany, you know, and I was like, "I, I hope this isn't the only thing you came here for." <laughs> like, <laughs> You know, go to, go to, go downtown, go to the aquarium, go to the Georgia aquarium or something, you know, do, do something to make your trip worthwhile. Cause I always feel I'm like, I, you know, I, I don't want them to get here and be like, 
geez, I came halfway around the world for this. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, it's very gratifying when people do that. So it's uh, it, it's really fun. It's really really a fun time. One year we tried doing two. I tried doing two open houses. Uh, we had it on two different days, and that was just too much. We got it was so because. Exa- it's exhausting doing the open house. I mean, it's fun. It's so much fun, but it's, it is exhausting because it's, it's really funny. You know, people are always like, Oh, what are you going to run during the open house? And it's like, honestly, I don't decide what I'm going to run until like the night before, because like 98% of the preparation for the open house has nothing to do with the trains. You know, you're cleaning up the layout room, getting it all, getting the layout presentable. And then, cleaning up the upstairs and we have to get the food and the drinks, you know, and we get balloons to put on the mailbox, you know, and getting the, getting the uh, announcement put in the local paper and the local uh, neighborhood magazine and everything. And, and then going out and putting the little signs in the neighborhood to point uh, little arrows to where the open house is. And so there's like, there's so much prep that goes into it. Like the night before, you know, we're rearranging all the furniture upstairs and setting up all these tables with snacks and everything. So it's just a coffee maker. And I mean, it just, so work. Yeah. it's really funny. And the trains are just like actually the easiest part of it. <laughs> Oddly enough. And they're actually the last thing that I focus on. It's like the night before, or sometimes the morning of, I'm like, okay, what am I going to run? <laughs> so it's like, it's crazy. Well, I will say time flies when you're having fun. So we're coming up at about an hour and 45 minutes. So I, I, I can't believe we're, we're there. So, you know, we've come up to that so fast, but uh, we should probably start kind of winding down a little bit here. Um, uh, Cause the podcasts for this month are going to be like <laughs> super long. Yeah. Uh, not that we don't like talking to you guys. Cause honestly, you could probably sit here for another four hours um but we can uh, (laughs) yeah for sure yeah i I still have i still have to uh post uh do post production on this and and get it out by the end of the month so (laughs) but uh (laughs) thank you uh eric and lisa uh for taking the time out to come on uh come on our podcast again um and number one obviously congratulations to you both that is awesome yes Um, you know congrats i wish i wish you uh very very much luck and and i wish you well both well and um you know it's uh, i'm we're all happy for you obviously awesome. thank right, you well we're trying to decide if we're going to get married on a train wink wink <laughs> we'll see that is that, that has actually been discussed uh there's a there's a train up in minnesota the north shore railroad uh and they you can rent out a car and do weddings on the train so that's one of the possibilities we're discussing. That's awesome. Oh, that's really that cool. awesome. <laughs> Just make sure you do it in the in the spring or summer. That's all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's really cool. It goes along the shore of uh, Lake Superior. Uh, it's like a four hour. Well, they have uh, it's like a two hour ride and a four hour ride. Uh, so that would be really cool. But we'll find. We'll see what happens. Awesome for sure. We'll get any uh, any last thoughts from anybody. That's a really good show. Just, uh, I, thanks for having us on, guys. Yeah, it was, I got. It was a, a I just got a lot of work to do in narrowing down my order. Oh, and the uh, we finally got some artwork back from Lionel for the Eric Trains custom run locomotive. So, uh, 
we're finally going to start that. taking orders for that. So. What's that? Awesome. Can't wait to see that. Yeah, we're excited. Let's see what that looks like. Yeah, it should be cool. Should be cool. They they uh, so far it looks good. So I th- I th- I'm hoping we'll be able to announce it and put it up for sale maybe tomorrow. So we'll see what happens. Oh wow! Okay, cool. Oh, sweet. Cool, sweet. Yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be fun. But no, big thanks to all you guys for uh, coming on, Eric, Lisa. Definitely a lot of fun. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys. You know, it's always fun talking to you guys when we run into you at when you guys at York and. It's nice to have you on the show and just be able to talk casually. I know we, we usually have you on for our, our catalog show, but we want to be able to kind of kick back and relax and just talk train. So yep. thank you so much. Just train chat. <laughs> yep. And of course. Thank you. <laughs> very welcome. And I will guarantee you, you both will be on again, probably several times this year for sure. <laughs> um, but uh, like we do for all our guests, um, you know, uh, let people know where people, you know, let folks know where people can find you. Uh, you can find both of us on the Eric's Trains YouTube channel. Uh, and I'm also on Instagram and TikTok under Eric's Trains and Facebook. So if you just Google Eric's Trains, uh, all of those will come up. So pretty easy to find me. Awesome. Uh, Mr. John Schwartz, where can people find you, sir? Thank you, Matt. You guys can find me on Instagram at RetroMikado96, on YouTube as RetroMikado, and in our wonderful Discord server, the Miniature Models Podcast Discord, as RetroMikado. I'm always hanging out in there with all my wonderful friends here. We're always just discussing stuff, having fun, and just trying to bully Lionel and uh, all the other manufacturers into uh, making what we want. So it's a great time. Come on down and hang with us. Johnny, where can people find you? You can find me at Automus. That's A-U-D-A-M-U-S, where I will be posting videos occasionally throughout the year. Uh, I'd like to do a layout tour. That is one of the things people have been begging me for ever since I've revamped my layout, so hopefully I'll get that done at some point. You can also find me on Instagram, where I'm a lot more active, where I'm posting lots of photos, and you can also find me there at Automus underscore trains and on Facebook at the same as well. Last but not least, you can find me at the Miniature Models Podcast Community Discord server, where I am reading and responding to all of your posts and making a fool of myself in the voice call. So come on down. It's lots of fun. Matt Z. You can find me on YouTube under Matt-TrainLover9943. Uh, Facebook under the same name. Instagram, Matt's.Hobbies. And just like Johnny said in the uh, Miniature Models Discord, always you know having a good old time in there. You can find me on YouTube at WC Model Railroad. I'm at uh, Instagram at WC Model Railroad and on Facebook under WC Model Railroad. And of course, uh, we'd like to uh, uh, give back to our community here. So, um, you know, I'd like to take a moment to shout out to uh, some of the fantastic people who have boosted uh, the Discord server and to help keep the lights on. So, uh, the Rambles, uh, Hard Work Pays Off, SD70 Train Fan. Uh, SDIV underscore Tim dashing Dan's trains and underscore everyday is life underscore. So thank you very much for boosting the discord server. We really appreciate it. Uh, and of course, you know, a big shout out to everybody who uh, listened to this podcast, downloads the podcast. Um, we wouldn't do this if it wasn't for you. If you guys weren't downloading uh, our podcast, uh, you know, giving us feedback and speaking of feedback, uh, we would appreciate that, uh, especially on some of the larger podcast apps like uh, iTunes or I should say Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, Spotify, like anything that you can actually like put a review in. We would appreciate it because it really helps, uh, you know, the podcast here and 
kind of drive our name through the the algorithm and and uh, you know hey we want more listeners so with that said uh thanks for uh thanks for a great episode everyone and have a good night take care everyone see everyone thanks so much guys thank you all